Hey, y'all, Pastor Emily here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. <laughs> uh, friendship is sweet, and uh, the Reformation, I would say, is pretty sweet. <laughs> but we are going to find out if it's as sweet as I happen to think it is. Because I got some Catholic friends here. In fact, not only is the Reformation sweet, but talking Reformation with a bunch of Catholics is sweeter. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That's where it's really at right who, there. Who knew this was possible? We are reversing 500 years of animosity right now. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. We haven't gotten that far yet. Because, yeah. we, can all agree, because we can all agree that Jesus is sweeter. Uh, yeah. So are you saying the gloves are coming off today? Well, you know. sounds like it. You've been no. nice up until now, no. but no, 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 no. I promise all the, the, the um, Luther quotes I have are not about, you know, the Pope or, well, maybe there's one or two in there about yeah. the Pope, but... Most of them are, are pretty nice, I think. So uh, I'm excited. I got uh, Gary and Chris here in the Open Arms Podcast studio. Naomi is joining us from her uh, phone remotely. We got her in the soundboard. Uh, but we're, yeah, all right. She's here. And we're going <laughs> to talk Reformation. It's October, it's a, a month where. We are uh, in in the Lutheran Church and in a lot of Protestant churches. We we focus on the Reformation. Certainly, this year with October thirty first being Sunday, that's the day Martin Luther nailed his ninety five theses to that door and started the whole big mess. Um, and then this past April, I think it was April eighteenth, fifteen twenty one, was Martin Luther standing well uh, before uh, Emperor Charles V. And his crew, uh, and he says, here I stand, I can do no other. Maybe that's not exactly what he said. There's maybe some myth that's grown up around that, maybe some legends. Some people are starting to doubt whether those are his actual words. But he basically defied everyone that uh, could have killed him. And in some ways, when you you watch the story, uh, watch documentaries and movies about it, it's just, man, this guy's life was in the balance. And he said... I can't yeah. say something else. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for this opportunity. We've talked theology, the body, and that's really wonderful. It's good stuff. But uh, now we're on yeah. my turf a little yeah. bit. Here we go. <laughs> that's right. So, so you're in my turf, baby. Here we go. <laughs> so uh, everyone was looking up Martin Luther quotes. And uh, why don't you guys share your? I, I've got so many that it's not really fair for me it, to well, go first. Well, it's naturally going to be unfair. And because it's, <laughs> can I, I just want to start by um, saying that what you said about Martin Luther is is um, you talked about how he was standing there and his life was on the line, you know, yeah. and, and it really was. And um, that just to me personally that shows how sincere he really was in his heart of hearts, like he really believed what he thought was true and for the better of the church. Yep. And I think that, you know, Catholics ought to take note of that sincerity of him. And, and in his heart, he really was trying to follow his conscience, trying to follow what he believed the Lord was leading him to, and that he was sincere and and, and of, of a good heart, you know. And I Amen. think that regardless yeah. whether we, you know, obviously we do disagree on some of the theological points, but I think he was a true believer 
and he was very passionate about following the Lord and to the best of his ability of what he thought he was hearing from God. And yeah. I admire that as a Catholic because I try to do the same thing. And sometimes shouldn't, I get in trouble too, like Martin all? Luther. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, that's really, really important. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that when we look at kind of defending the faith, the Christian faith, like it's really a thing. Jesus mm-hmm. really right. lived. Jesus really died. How, how do we know that? Well, one of the big ways we know that is because all of the <laughs> disciples, the apostles, face not just death, but like these excruciating deaths, right. except for the one who gets to go to his old age. John. You know, John. That, yeah. Ugh, what was that all about? <laughs> anyway, but the rest of them. The beloved. He was taking care uh, of Mary. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, behold your mother. That's right. A little Catholic hit in there. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, but... Uh, but but that's such an important part of defending the faith. These guys don't just make up stories about a resurrected yeah. Lord. Right. No one dies for a lie. Gonna, yeah. No one dies for a lie. That's Especially right. no one t- gets tortured for lies. Exactly. exactly. You know, I I just took compute. You know, just the first shots here. I guess you know, um, just a not a shot, but just to put things in context. You know, from from how I think about all of this as a Catholic and someone who's um, try to seriously study this and understand is to that I can. Um, and, you know, it's a very Catholic way of speaking about these things, but you know, the, 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 our faith is a mystery. And, and what that means, what that means for us as Catholics is that um, it's not like something that's hidden and not known. And then someone reveals it and then it's known. It's not like Scooby-Doo, right? You know, like, Oh, it was the, gardener and everybody now and now once it's revealed it's known it's no longer a mystery well that's not how a catholic thinks about mystery mystery is like something that god reveals it's something that's known but you can't you can't ever get to the bottom of it it's it's all there's always more that you don't know than what you do know and um and all of our conversations about the theology the body kind of talk about that in terms of personal relationships like my wife isn't someone that i can ever say that i know all the way around, even though I know her better than anybody else. It, You're constantly there's mo- back always more. And, there's yeah. so much more to her. Yeah. The reality or the truth of who she is is so much richer than what I what I, I can never be content by saying. You know, I I understand her. Completely. You know, yeah. that's that's the idea of a mystery. And you know what I think we have here with Luther and the Reformation <clears throat> and the Church and all these different things is is. Um, so often, you know, we're dealing with profound mysteries of our faith, um, and you know, there are certain things that we know from Revelation. There's certain things that we know from our own reflections in our lives, the traditions that we're in, different saints who who gain different insights that contribute to a a deepening understanding of of what we're dealing with. But so often, the animosity between us and our inability to talk very efficiently or very effectively about the Reformation comes from having to hang on to the peace that we know and not being willing to rec- even recognize there's a peace that we don't see right. or mm-hmm. that we don't appreciate. It's always yeah. two you know? sides to every story. Yeah, and it's it's and it's and not just simply about— If you got two rabbis in a room, there's always going to be three opinions. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a rabbinical proverb yeah. about that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's sort of what we're talking about. You know, um, that doesn't mean that we should just, you know, never fight or never have – or there aren't anything that's worth contending about or that – Dialogue you know, is important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes a dialogue does turn into a fight. Sometimes there's there are things at stake 
on, you know, I mean, imagine I mean, what would a marriage look like if if the couples never really contended with each other, if there weren't mm. things at stake that was worth fighting over. Growth comes through struggle. And there's a certain struggle that goes on there. And sometimes we become so uncomfortable with that. And sometimes we just want to win the fight. Then we so focus on trying to win the fight and resolve the conflict and, and put everything back in place and not and, – and so that everything's put in order – um, that we don't allow ourselves to listen. So I, I that's what I appreciate about this. I, I love when you talk mystery. I mean, the word sacrament means mystery. That's right. Yeah. First off, um, yeah. And then Saint Paul, we're stewards of the mysteries of God. Right. I think we're all about that as Lutherans. I think um, actually there are, there are times where either I've been taught or assumed because of you know trying to think through catholic theology at various points or mm-hmm. defend lutheran theology against catholic theology i felt like catholic theology in some places is trying to resolve the tension that's right yeah. and luther in in many ways was trying to just leave it open. leave it like yeah. hey yes you're supposed to do good things okay you should but it has absolutely nothing to do with your standing before god Right. Yeah. And and I think a lot of what he was dealing with was like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't not be doing good things and expect you're saved. Right. So it's it's that like, how do you deal with those? I think Luther and Lutherans, at least my training, uh, you know, the, the folks that were my professors and uh, my pastors, mm-hmm. you know, they were always basically saying, hey, I don't know how two seemingly contradictory truths can exist, but they do. You know, so like for our, us, when we talk about the Lord's Supper, right, we would say, well, yeah, it's the body and blood of Jesus, unlike a lot of other Protestants. Mm-hmm. But we're not saying it's not bread and wine either. Like nothing, I mean, when you look at it, it still yeah. kind of smells and tastes like it. We don't know. It just, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is what yeah. the word says. And so take it or leave it. You know, you yeah. don't like it, fine, go somewhere else. But. It's almost, right. it's almost more it's of right. like an it's Eastern um, approach to theology. The Eastern Church, you know, their theologians and fathers were much more um, big into mysterion, oh, you know, yes. the mystery, and Western. not really defining yeah. everything so yeah. meticulously like the scholastic West and everything with the, the more legal Roman type of yeah. Thought. That precision, yeah. Is the precision might have brought not helpful yeah, some conflict. Yeah. yeah. In some way. I mean, it's helpful in it some It might ways, be. Right, right. You know, that's yeah. right. Sometimes it's necessary. Like if someone's <laughs> building a bridge, you know, yeah. I kind of want them to be precise. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> but There's That's benefit. exactly right, yeah. But if we're talking about things that are eternal and uh, about an infinite God and... Well, I think it, also, I mean, I think what we'll... I'm here, maybe we can go ahead and get into quotes to express this, but, um, you know, the... There, there's a a big theme that I see. You know, I'm reviewing Luther, and I need to, you know, refresh my memory some more and kind of study some more because actually, there, the conversations that we've had have kind of enlightened me a little bit to think a little bit more richly about Luther. I think, and I need to revisit. But a lot of it has to do with how do we reconcile contradictory um, dimensions of of you know life in the church, say. You know how do we how do we reconcile the the spiritual uh, treasure that's been opened to us through the revelation of Christ and the kind of concrete governance of the church and the structure of the temporal, church. temporal mm, practical the, yeah you know and there's sort of a there's a sort of a spirit and the body 
parado- you know, <laughs> right. paradox going on um, in the church all the time. And how do we resolve that? And how right. do we understand that? And, you know, it's one thing to say, like, for example, um, oh, well, here's one way to resolve it. There's a church and there's a state and, you know, there's a law and there's a spirit. And they, we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and let's let the state be the state and have it not be the church and let the church be the church and have it not be the state. And, you know, and that's how our country works, right? Our country understands the separation of church and state. We can understand the the, the value and the usefulness of that. But those two dimensions are integrated in me. Like I am both a spiritual being as well as a physical being. Mm-hmm. I am both uh, simultaneously have to exercise, you know, mercy and, um, and forgiveness and justice and governance. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, those things like in the, I mean, maybe that's part of the question is where are those two things integrated? Are they integrated in the institutional church? Are they integrated in the person? But in any case, it's certainly true that the person themselves, the human being has his feet Mm. in heaven and on earth at the same time. All the time. This points to Christ. And that's tough. That's That's a difficult, that's really hard because I can't separate church from state in my house, (laughs) right? In my home. Right. You know, my daughter says, I don't want to go to church on Sunday. You know, my six, six year old daughter. And okay, now what do I do? Like, well, is she like I have a governing as the father, I'm the father. Right. And I have to set the rules and I make the rules and I have and I'm also the spiritual guide. And and, and I have I have to exercise both Mm -hmm. authorities simultaneously. And that's a that's a that's a profound call and sometimes that happens we don't even pay attention to it but that's such a and I, and I think that's part of what's going on the church has developed its understanding and, and it's and it has its traditions and it has accoutrements from histories and times have gone and passed and its own experience and all kinds of complicatedness of what it means to actually be a real human being in the real world with real other people and these difficulties kind of arise and and there's a serious question about how is that resolved and i think a lot of ways to think about the split that happens in the church is is different commitments about how that gets resolved and um and that's why it's worthwhile for us even still today to not to take that split simply for granted but to constantly be re-examining it and trying to understand it because i think for both lutherans and catholic catholics the, or for Christians anywhere, the Reformation and the kind of fracturing of Christendom is a is a puzzle. It's it, there's something that makes us think that's not what Jesus wanted. I don't think, or maybe it was, and I don't know. And it's a puzzle, mm. and it's worthwhile to allow ourselves to be moved by that puzzle and not try to come and say, "Well, I already know the answer to that." And phew, you yeah. know, this this well, brings think, to mind yeah. the the body. Um, Christ himself, who in his own person, you know, we agree on this, Lutherans and Catholics, in his own one person um, of Christ, he has the two natures, you know, the divine nature, he's God, but he also has that human nature. 
Uh, so he has the, the physical body and the flesh and the soul. So he has these two seemingly like contradictory things going on within his own person. And he's not 50-50. He's not 50-50. And he's 100 and 100. But he's not 200% of a person. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but if he that's has, right. and this is a great mystery, and we are talking about mystery earlier, but, but if in the person of Christ there's this divine uh, element and this human element, and we are Christ's body, then I think it makes sense and to think of it that way. And that, and that mis, it's a mis, mysterious thing, but the church then has a divine element and a human element. And it's mm-hmm. an enfleshed, uh, it's enfleshed in time spiritual and place. kingdom that's enfleshed in this institution called the church. You know, so, it has this uh, physical side. I want to, I want to share a story real quick about that, but Naomi, get ready because I want to hear from you <laughs> next. Just cause you're not in the room. Doesn't mean you just get to sit quietly and uh, you know let us forget about you. In the background, okay, yeah, uh, not gonna okay. happen. But you're, I'm gonna I'm gonna get called in class. I you, see how it is. I'm just giving you a warning. <laughs> I'm gonna tell a story first. You know, this goes along some of the things we were talking about inside uh, my office earlier. Kind of when what you're saying about these different perspectives, different people, the denominations. Uh, C.S. Lewis has this story he tells about um, him and his two best friends. There's this trio of guys. I I think it's in uh, The Four Loves, maybe. But he tells this story about how him and this other guy and Ronald are like the best of buddies, Ronald being J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. (laughs) So C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, and another author. I always forget the guy's name. Sorry. He was Chester. But, was it Chesterton? No. no it no, was another he, guy. He it was, was another guy. Anyway. No, it was not Chesterton. No, no, no. It was yeah. another guy. Okay. But this guy died. Oh. And in his grief, as he's thinking about the grief, he says to himself, you know, well, I guess that just means I'll have more of Ronald. So, like, instead of having, you know, 30% of – 33% of Ronald and, you know, the, the trio, you know, well, now I have 50% of Ronald. Or something like that. But to his surprise, he found out that he actually had less of Ronald because there was something about this guy, uh, William, or uh, I forget what his name, that this guy brought out Hmm. that he can't bring out. Yeah. So he actually needed him to get a fuller picture Mm -hmm. of who Ronald is. Now, that story, I think the intent of that story was to talk about friendship and how we need yeah. community but also i think it it leads us to this place where in order to fully understand god we actually need male and female voices we need catholic and lutheran yeah. voices and presbyterian and and baptist and and all these other voices yeah. because they see something about god in a way that's perhaps clearer than what we're seeing about that uh, you know, trying to understand God and, and yep. get a fuller picture of who he is. And if that's what, you know, we're ultimately going to be with God forever, yep. I mean, that's going to be our endless exploration, just yeah. knowing and being known. And and so uh, I, that's another reason why we, we yeah. talk about this stuff and mm-hmm. why we get together. And then it gets, so. not to step on Naomi, but just very quickly that that, so there's there's the legitimate kind of differences and different perspectives that bring out, and then and then you add on top of that or you mix into that whole thing, sin, mm. right? <laughs> historical man, right? Historical man, right? <laughs> that that one we have this that we have this 
physical and spiritual, like by, like by virtue of being human in the best parts of what it means to be human, we have this capacity for friendship that that's just multifaceted and rich. And I can't, I, you know, your relationship with Gary helps me to know you better and that kind of thing, you know, and that's all certainly that's going on. And, and what's happening in your relationships is like more than you can understand. And then you mix into that my capacity to lie and to be deceitful and to have ambition and to, you know, um, be self-seeking and all of those, you know, vices that are that plague us all the time and infect all of those relationships it makes the whole thing just that much more difficult and complicated and hard um and you know sometimes the differences between people there are things that are actually at stake or sometimes it's uh it's not always just so easy if we oh, we just listen to each other more than <laughs> everything will work out it's like well no sometimes you have to... sometimes gary has to say no chris you have to stop doing that like that's that, that's you <laughs> yeah, know that's an yeah. error and you know and so then and then it and then okay then when do you enter feel, luther yeah it's like it's, <laughs> you, know, you actually have to stop this <laughs> it's really hard like it's, well, that the point uh, is that it's that this whole thing is i think the place of where we want to start is you know there's there's a real beauty and a richness here but it's also legitimately really hard yeah. And it's okay to just let it be hard, you know, and like not come away with like we have some kind of answer, but to explore difficult things, I think is a, yeah. is a beautiful yeah. thing. So anyway, that was my little point. No, I think that, I think that's helpful. Naomi, uh, what do you want? You, you don't have to piggyback off of any of that. You can uh, just jump right into <laughs> Luther, you know, your quote or or lack of a quote, depending on how how we want to start. Um, I, you almost distracted me with uh, Tolkien because uh, I'm taking a course right now on Tolkien and we're reading not only the Lord of the Rings, but the Cimmerillion, which is um, fantastic. So anyways, my, my world has been re- being revolved in, in that <laughs> in that particular author. But it is interesting because, I mean, that that group of friends, it was like. They really, really, I mean, individually, their work, whatever they were, their projects, kind of their meeting together is kind of what t- took it to other places than if they were on their own. But yeah, um, and I think that's the beauty of just community yeah. and how much we need each yeah. other. And God, it's almost like God with the different gifts and talents that he has given us. There are, they are to be shared for the, the greater wide community and church because it beautiful things are created mm. yeah. and developed, you know, by, by the melding and, and kind of all of it being used with each other. But anyways, that, that's, that's my tangent. But I think when I, what I would like, as I was listening to you all, a few, a few things that kind of popped in my head was the fact that all of us are in search of the truth, which ultimately is Jesus. And whether it's coming from whatever, I guess, denominational like standpoint, mm-hmm. we're all on that quest in search for God. And I think we can honor each other at least knowing that we may have different maybe viewpoints or understandings 
or whatever. But what we have in togetherness is that we are asking the questions that are in our heart to just get to know our creator um, even even better. And right in theology, it's, it's about not being afraid to ask the questions yep. because mm-hmm. yep. they always will lead to the truth. And um, I think it's beautiful that we don't have a uniform way of going on this search for God. Yep. A- and that's kind of what, I guess the good of having these different perspectives or these different ways of going on that search and we can learn from each other um, because we're ultimately all trying, we're all on the same path of seeking our Lord, getting to know him better. So I think I can appreciate that from Martin Luther, that um, he didn't want to stick to the cookie cutter, whatever it was, when he knew it was not in, in I guess, it was kind of like off track from seeking the truth and what is true. Um, yeah. and, and he was, you know, willing to stand for that, just like kind of Gary sincerely, I mean, like Gary said, that he sincerely did. And um, for that, we can get to know God better by being open to listening to our brothers and sisters who may not be from the same denomination and may actually have a differing view on some of these theological concepts. But there's nothing wrong in dialogue and in listening to each other because I think that will only help us to grow deeper in our faith anyways. And there's so like there's an infinite depth on on the mystery of God. So we'll never <laughs> we're, yeah, we're never, never gonna, gonna exhaust, exhaust right. it. <laughs> it's it you seems know, sad that we have to always reassure ourselves that that's what we should be doing. Well, you know, you that's know what the, kind of faith you know? is it that can't be questioned, first of all, right? right? right. But but that's you right. know not to go into the tangent about institutions, but mm-hmm. if uh you know, that's what an institution does. It has to have conformity. You have to squash the opposition, the questions, and those kinds of things. But but you made me think of a song, Naomi. Uh, my favorite Ooh. my favorite band, which is uh, Need to Breathe, Need to although breathe. I am currently, I don't know, we're taking a break. Me and Need to Breathe right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, That sounds like a separate story here. It is. They canceled the concert that me and my kids were supposed to go to next week. We had six tickets. Oh. It was. We were so psyched. I was so psyched, probably more than my kids and wife were. But uh, anyway, uh, there's this one song on their new album called Sunshine, and it starts mm-hmm. out with, I hope we're asking questions till the day that we die. Mm-hmm. And then I forget exactly how it moves into this. It's it's like the next line, but it says, and we'll see that uh, the answers become less important with time. So it's actually like the asking of questions yeah. 
is mm-hmm. what's important. Mm-hmm. And getting answers, yeah. or at least the answers that we want, <laughs> or the fullness that will satisfy the us. satisfactory <laughs> yeah. answers. You know, that's not so important, but yeah, we right. should be asking God questions all the time and asking mm-hmm. each other questions. And, and so. That's exactly right. I mean, I think from a Catholic perspective, the the lack of engagement with with what was actually happening in the Reformation. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm a very committed Catholic, right? I believe that the, the church is right. one. And, um, uh, but, but I do think that we just have such a we we have such fear we're we're constantly having to reassure ourselves that we're we're on the right team or mm-hmm. reassure ourselves that what we know is the tr- is the truth or that we have the answer mm-hmm. to the question that we can answer the question that's that becomes so high that most of our engagement with with the with our faith becomes apologetic. Like you have an answer and I have the, an- you have a question mm-hmm. and this is the answer. This is to why the you're question. wrong and I'm right. Right. Boom. Like, you know, right. how do I prove that the Bible is true? How do I prove that the Pope has, a, you know, is infallible in cases of faith and morals or the church or what is, you know, da, 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 and you, you know, it's like question, answer, question, answer. And I'm ready, you know, like quick draw because if I, and I get, I see this all the time in the faith of the people that, that I work with or the people that, you know, in, in the Catholic world that we just want to have so much confidence that we have all of the answers or the Pope has all the answers or the well, priest does. You know what's ironic about that is that we do have, quote, all the answers yeah. if we know Jesus. Yeah. Like John 14, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life you don't have to have the answers if you have the person right yeah, god is personal that. he's That's not right. this set of Amen. facts and yeah. figures that That's you right. you just uh, rattle off and and that's actually what a lot of Christianity in America has been for a long time, yeah, all the and time. certainly what Luther was dealing with at the Reformation. And I think it's because we we need we feel the need to be reassured because we're because it's scary. I mean, the world we live in is scary, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot insecurity. of things that are. There, there's a lot of things that 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 shake our foundation and our faith, and are constantly questioning and making it difficult. And and uh, and we're trying to live in this world. It's Valley of Tears, is what you know we we call it. You know, and so we want to reassure ourselves with all, with all these answers, and we're just we just don't have the courage to to let the weight of the questions be as heavy as they are. Well, you but know? I think that's because we don't know we we forget the person. Yeah. Right? Like why should we care if we're right or not? God never said it was about being right all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it that's was right. about knowing Jesus. That's Did right. I, were you about to say something? I was just going to say like actually before you even said it, I was thinking that in my mind like how, you know, so many of us are like Chris said super like insecure in this age because we're always like in Oh my gosh! Are they going to come out with some new thing that's going to undermine my faith, or is this going to somebody going to tell me something that's going to like shake my you know foundations? And there's always these people in opposition to Christianity or God's existence in general, or the validity of the scriptures and all these things. So we we live in a state of anxiety and insecurity in our faith nowadays. I think more than uh, many other ages past and. It's helpful to just remember that, like like you said, Pastor Amel, that if we have Jesus and, and we sincerely have him in our life 
and we follow after him and we talk to him and we read his, his word and we stay close to him. He is the truth and he will inevitably lead us to where we need to be if we just really sincerely follow him closely. Well, but and that's, it, uh, that gives us some sense of, of um, security. You know? But if you know Jesus, if you, you know the truth, if you know who he is, you know the truth, exactly. right? But you also truth. know a person who died to make sure you're in. Yeah. Like it's it's actually not about and this is kind of the reformation issue, right? It's you don't have to have it all figured out is maybe where we could go in a more modern uh, context. You don't have to do enough. Right? You, you never can. <laughs> there's there's uh, this sense that identity um you know our identity is found in Christ. And if uh, this is in Galatians and elsewhere, you know, if if my identity is in Christ and Christ has already died for sin, including mine, then I have died. I have paid for my sin completely already. But it, it, and if Christ is alive, which He is, right? Then I am alive. I'm a new person, and and I don't have to worry about becoming alive or or, or like getting undead or. Uh, you know, this this is kind of the this is where the insecurity starts. Is when this is why Martin Luther was willing to fight about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't get this right, you are an incredibly insecure believer person. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll be constantly yeah, so, striving. So the 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 other side of that coin, and I agree with you. I agree with you. The other side of that coin is I I know that I'm a I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that uh, it puzzles me, but I know that Jesus loves me and he forgives me. And I don't really understand exactly why, but I in faith know that and, <laughs> and embrace that, right? You know, and I and I embrace that and I accept that gift of his salvation, it's, which is a, comes to me as a gift. It's not something that I earn or something that I that I achieve. It's not an achievement of mine. Right. And, and, but then like my, my, and I think this is, this is not too far from Luther. I don't think, um, but it's the puzzle of the question. I, in my mind, my gratitude for that gift means that I respond with generosity and love and, mm-hmm. um, and care and attentiveness and you know you will be my disciple you you will love me if you keep my commands and what jesus asks me the way that jesus asks me to live is demanding like i can't just keep i can't say i'm saved by the blood of jesus and i don't have anything then and i can just do whatever i want like i've got Mm -hmm. my ticket and so i'm good and there's not any self-examination that's that's required or any or or that's not a result of that or amendment of life uh, a a striving after not being such an ass right you know that kind (laughs) of thing you know there that's part of the christian life is uh, and especially i mean i once i once went to this conference it was terrible it was this conference and there was this guy he was this religious guy and he was talking to uh he was a he did like liturgical music and he 
it was really fruity liturgical music, you know. And he was <laughs> he was talking about how how it's just frustrating to him that you know all the music at church is so depressing. It's always in these minor keys, and mm-hmm. it's this and you know. But we should have joy in the Lord, and we should have we should you know so every so and the, so he was like you know music should be kind of upbeat and you know happy all the time and you know and and I you know okay right yes we should have we should celebrate our our victory that Jesus won for us right that's great but it's also true that when the love of the father is revealed to me then i become aware of my own sin and sorrow for sin is also an expression of oh, my yeah. awareness of yeah. god's love for me and and the desire to amend and the desire to make it right and to do better and to be better and to and to look to Christ and his grace and look to his teachings and look to uh, the community of the faithful that are around me that my, my church community that that is also a grace that God gives me to help me find the way to to renewal in my own life and to recognize that you know I I fail here and I, there's an effort that is required not an effort to achieve heaven but still an effort that's an expression i think of our um of our awareness of the grace of god and so you know we, yeah if you that's a that's a puzzle like that's a difficult thing well but the, the, you know the things that what Jesus, should i do right that's what i mean by yeah, its people, question right well but see, how should i live in that right because yeah. the moment people hear grace or the gospel or you know they they hear about jesus there is this thing like well what do i do and i would say that that's an inherent problem with humanity right like we are actually wired for self-righteousness in a way mm-hmm. or, or at least yeah, self is super broken, important for us yeah in, in this broken world we live in a world where we have to justify ourselves like you know the insecurity you were talking about earlier gary what I think is behind that, I've heard a lot of people talk about this, is that in our modern culture, we basically say, you define who you are. Yeah. You you come up with your identity. It's all up to you. But yeah. That's <laughs> right. Now it's all up that's to you. Right. That's huge. It's incredibly right. crushing, yeah. you know, and, and so uh, we're constantly trying to prove that we are somebody, that we yeah. matter and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But because of that, you have to be this is what luther some of the things that luther talked about why is so important because what he's demonstrating is that when you say something to do you give somebody something to do no matter how well you try to uh, couch it within this framework of you're saved by grace but mm-hmm. here jesus says do this yeah, 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 yeah. no matter what you do the law always accuses. Is a, yeah. There's a Latin phrase for it. Semper yeah. accuses something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the accused part is. Yeah. But the law always accuses. The law will always make you think, I didn't do enough. I disappointed God. Yeah. Look at all that God's done for me, and I haven't done enough. I wonder if I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it takes someone like Luther who is – there's actually a, groups of people that are OCD – in this particular way when it comes to religion. Mm. You know, so like some people obsess about washing hands and some people obsess about... Yeah, we call it scrupulosity things. is what we call it. Yeah, scrupulosity. Scrupulosity is the Catholic term for It's that. a huge problem. So scruples. they obsess yeah. about did I 
yeah. check all the boxes. Did I do enough? Did I do That's it right. right. And Luther was probably one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> but Luther was also really honest with himself in a way that most people aren't. So yeah. so the fact that he would confess four times a day for up to six hours <laughs> yeah. was because he took the law seriously. Yeah. So if you take the law seriously, the only thing you can come away with is nothing to do. I can't yeah, yeah. do it. And antinomianism. That's what, that's if, what we... If know, I may... Go ahead, yeah. I, I just wanted to interject this just for a moment. And, um, and, and I think under understanding the law is is kind of tricksy um and I, I think a good every good christian is is going to is going to like live in that tension right of um because you're right the law where it leads us to scrupulosity we've we've gone kind of topsy-turvy one way it's just right that's that's just too much on one end but like we're the balance of like we're i guess like someone like jesus who is the perfect role model because right he fulfills right he is the fulfillment of the law no not even i one iota of the law is um changed or anything right like he fulfills that and maybe it's because we as fallen historical man as, as fallen men and women with with the impact of original sin kind of stamped on us the we we take it to that extreme of self-reliance self-determination i'm going to do i'm going to make myself righteous before god which that <laughs> yeah. not good luck good luck. good luck with that right that's right <laughs> right and at the same time the law is if we kind of see it as rules to how to play football, it is with with the rules we actually can play the game football. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if there weren't rules and you threw the football to uh you know, all those whoever's playing, these two teams who are playing and say, Okay, you guys like do something with this ball, figure it out, it's gonna be chaos because there's there's no understanding of kind of w- what we're doing here, and so like if we had a, a healthy, like a healthy relationship with the law that's been given to us by God, whether it's the, the natural law, like we all know, we shouldn't take the life of another human being. Like that's just a stamp. <laughs> yeah, it's kind in of an us, important right? thing to do. Well, about ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us know that. It's always the exception. I shouldn't like yeah. cheat on my, you know, significant other, or I shouldn't swindle and lie to someone because because maybe if they trust my lie, they may get hurt in the process. Like there's just some things that we know that God has beautifully crafted in us, like. And that we all know. So, but the problem with Christianity is we, we've taken the law and become so obsessed and legalistic at times, and that's where we run into to trouble. Yeah. But, but to not annihilate the law, it's it's like a way to have a healthy, balanced appreciation of the law. But ultimately, what still trumps is going to be that that relationship. With Jesus, 
The gospel trumps everything. Yeah. This yeah. is one I of the things that's... that I appreciate so much about Martin Luther and that I'm glad for his um, existence and for his uh, actions that he, he take that he took, you know, in those years past. He was a man who struggled with, like you said, Pastor Emil, he struggled with scrupulosity or uh, spiritual OCD, if you will, or whatever. Um, you know, and, and am I enough? Am I doing enough for God? Am I keeping the law enough? Because he really, and that, again, is a manifestation of a, an error that you think that it's all up to you completely, right? But it's also an indication that he had a sincere heart. That he mm-hmm. wanted to please God. He wanted to be with God. He wanted to be saved. He wanted to love God and be the best he could, or he would have never tried or cared, right? So I think it was coming from a good place, but those scruples can get in the way. But because he suffered with that or struggled with those uh, that scrupulosity, it opened the door for all of what happened to happen so that now we could all look at that issue of grace. And because he directly came to the church and presented the 95 thesis and and spoke out against his concerns about things it it muddied the water or it stirred trouble up in a sense which was good because it was a healthy uh discussion that needed to take place about about these things especially about grace and that's one of the things that i think is his big contribution to christianity was um was this let's let's look at grace and let's take a deeper look at it and open it up and discuss it. And as a result of what he did, the Catholic Church had to do that. Like they were forced yeah. because he it brought it up. It still is. And, I mean, it and, still and is. I think that's what's so important is, and, and, and even now, after all that, we, you know, we had the Counter uh, Reformation, if you will, and the Council of Trent and a catechism that came out after that as well. So the, the, the Catholic Church had its kind of answer to that, or, and it had to address those issues. So it made the Catholic Church mm-hmm. look within, but. And, mm-hmm. and the end result, I think, what what it com- comes down to us now, is at least we have an agreement on the first part, and that's that we none of us can be worthy of heaven, none of us can earn that. We can't do enough good things that are going to outweigh the good, are going to outweigh the mm-hmm. bad, and we're going to be finally worthy of heaven and receive it on our own efforts by our own uh, willpower. Like that is completely. Uh, something that Lutherans and Catholics agree on. Like the gift of God mm-hmm. is free. Salvation is by grace and it is a free gift. Initially to be saved, you would have to have God come and forgive your sins and help you and give you grace and give you this free gift. But it's, I think the real issue is after that. Yeah. Now we've, yeah. now that we're in the body of Christ and we are saved and we are in the kingdom. We've been cleansed of our sins. We're regenerated. All these things that we all agree on. I think that's at least we could acknowledge that 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 first part. And a lot of Protestants, yeah. I think, have a misconception and think that Catholics think that we actually don't agree on that first part, and that we have to do enough good deeds and earn our salvation, like we're working for that. And that's actually mm-hmm. not the correct Catholic understanding of it. And I think we we both acknowledge, right. if you actually read the Catechism of the Catholic Church and the official proclamations by the Church. We believe that we're saved initially by that grace of God, and it is a gift, and that we could never earn that. And we're totally on the same level there. I think it's after that point, though, well, what do you do, and what part do works play? And I think the Catholic position, if you want to look at it simplistically or just in general, kind of that mysterious approach instead of getting all nitty-gritty, is if you want to continue in the life of the church and in the life of faith, it's going to require your free will to be exercised and the effort that you put into following Christ. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. So it's well, the faith made alive by and, works. But that's, and you can't have faith 
apart from worse. And I think that's the difference. Not so much the first part. I think, I think you're it's right. The second part. You know, there's a uh, a joint declaration on the doctrine of justification right. that's mm-hmm. like 20 years ago. Right. Now, yeah. Maybe. We just recently had that with the, with the. So that wasn't with us Lutherans. It was with some other Lutherans. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> Technically, oh. our our <laughs> brand it. our brand of Lutherans doesn't talk to most folks yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but i i would say and what we would say what i was taught and i actually i i value this i agree with this that in that jdd jddj document what they said was hey we agree on all this we just agree that these words mean two completely different things mm-hmm. right and so it was the, the idea of grace essentially what we say is you know it's the favor of god and catholics theologians maybe not you you know it's it's infused grace and i think yeah. i've heard you use that phrase there's different before. types of yeah, grace yeah, 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 yeah. so you know there you, are different types of grace yeah. so, so you might say the initial part is the favor of god but then after that it's infused grace and i push back on something we talked about one time like um in in the theology of the body stuff that was like well you know god wouldn't ask us to do something that we couldn't actually accomplish Mm-hmm. And and I disagree with that. I mean, I, I yeah. think there is this, and I I don't disagree with just you. I think there yeah, are yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Pentecostals. Whole... Actually, there was a guy who just called me while we we're in here. I had this conversation with him, yeah. and he's not Catholic at all, right? He is like the other <laughs> extreme, but he's he he fought me kind of on this point in this room actually about you know well of course you can do it. That's what the spirit's for, and and I'm like. You don't use God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like God isn't gas. So <laughs> so this is where yeah. Luther, I, I think, provides and, – and Naomi, you were talking about the law, and I've been trying mm-hmm. to get a moment where I could talk about this. The law always accuses, right? I said that part already. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about the law having basically these three purposes that it's a curb – so we have laws because we're trying to keep people from killing each other, and we're trying to keep people from harming each other. We're trying to provide an orderly society. So the law exists to kind of terrify people a bit just to behave for the sake of behaving, and it has really nothing to do with God, like our relationship with God. It's just it's trying to keep society from going off the rails. Any boundaries. order is better. <laughs> yeah, boundaries. Any order is better than anarchy. But then the other part, the second part, is the law serves as a mirror. So every time you hear the law, you see the law, you're told the law, you experience the law's work in your life, it serves as a mirror to show you who you really are. Self-reflection. It's to show you that you are historical man. Mm-hmm. You are a helpless and hopeless sinner. It's a school teacher, right? It's the schoolmaster to teach you that you're a sinner and you need God, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's Paul who says that. Yeah. And and then there's a third part that, you know, we talk about it being a guide, but actually there are a lot of people that would say that doesn't really even exist in a third use, and they would say that Luther didn't say that, that it was his buddy Melanchthon who came after him who kind of did that. But because they know that the law always accuses. So even if you say it to somebody who's a Christian, once you say it, now they're thinking, and if you emphasize it especially, now they're thinking, wait, am I going to slip out? Do I, am I in danger of losing that initial thing? And I got to tell you, I mean, I've got, I can't tell you, every church I've been at, dozens of Catholics that come to us because 
they even though though you would say yep. like hey no 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 that's not what i mean it's this but you're still okay. it's their experience it's, it's the way that you communicate it yep. matters because we are so wired for self-righteousness. We are so wired. The world tells us everywhere we go that we have to earn it, that we yep. have to measure up. And if we don't, we're screwed. So uh, the other piece is that the law, while it gives you a command and it says do this and you'll find blessings where if you don't do this, there's curses, right? Uh, it never actually gives you the power to do it. So the only thing that actually helps you do it is the gospel. The gospel, right. Romans one sixteen, is the power of God right. for those who believe. The That's righteousness right. of God is revealed. Yeah. It's it's not by going around giving people the rules over and over and again <laughs> yeah. that actually helps them. It's giving them the gospel again. And Paul says this, Galatians, this is Luther's big thing. He he's he's finding in Galatians, you know, Paul is saying, Wait, 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 you think there's another gospel? Like Hey, you got in with gospel. Do you think now that the law is what does it for you in your Christian life? Right. Like, we got the initial thing. Now we're so, going to use the go back to the law to get the so next I, thing. I just, the one thing I, I wanted to, because to, I think cause that's wonderful of kind of breaking down, looking at the law in, in different perspectives. And the only thing I would add would be also since God, I mean, in his tenderness, he worked with all of humanity over, over time. So when we, when we get like the law, such as like the, the 10 commandments at that time through, through Moses, it's almost like with how humanity was, what they could understand this mystery of, of God and, and his great plan, just kind of from, from where they're at, it's, it's like, this is how he can, God can like help them really. Cause ultimately the, the law, right. Is, um, it's, it's really how, how do we love really is, is what God is ultimately trying to teach us. Mm. But when we're kind of at that time in, in history, Unfortunately, they had to like get down to the basics of <laughs> please don't kill somebody, please don't, please kill don't lie, please yeah, yeah. on your parents, right? But but as we progress, right, as, as humanity and time, um, we get to Jesus, right? Who who ultimately shows us in in person, in the flesh, and in His divinity, how do we how do we love? So it's like. Anyway, so I just wanted to throw in there that it's like the the, the reason for the law, the, the kind of the need, what it looked like progresses as God is working out the salvation history, you know, in time for us. And ultimately, you know, we look to Jesus, kind of like what you're saying, the gospel, like we look to Jesus as total example of the fulfillment of the law, like in him. All of that still is in play, right? Jesus is going to make sure, like, he's not going to violate a commandment that was given of the Mosaic law, right? The Ten Commandments. Like, in him, we, we see Jesus in his, how he lives. Um, we see all of that. So sometimes, like, in our humanity, we, we need it kind of more um, bluntly, I guess. So, but, I, um, can I, yeah. So, so, you know, we're, we're, we're touching on, 
we're touching on an area of of it's real a real difficulty and and this is this is uh and pastor Emil, you're you're right to press on it because i think it's the it's the hinge on the debate within between catholics and protestants over this issue of law mm. you know and uh and so if i can just try to try to articulate it from a catholic perspective luther and the and you and you, the way you articulate it i think is way better than i could um so luther's conception of the law is uh that it that it has a, a an extrinsic imposition on things to to make order so there's an authority like a state or somebody somebody or someone or something that has power that imposes order on something to shape it in the way that in the way that that authority to impose order that that authority deems is necessary for whatever reason and so the authority is a constraint and it it's and it's always accuses because it's if you break the law then you're going to feel the wrath of some kind there's going to be some kind of mm-hmm. negative consequence for breaking the law because the law has this capacity for imposing order on what is otherwise just chaos this kind of chaotic unformed mm-hmm. unstructured you know mess that <laughs> like say society is going to be right mm-hmm. um but but a, but a catholic understanding of law um like say from thomas aquinas's sec, the ninth the question 90 in the summa or whatever um saying so first of all there's no doubt that there is a such thing as you know the the like the state say or a principal in a school or a father in his household can apply coercive force uh in a in a morally reasonable way in order to impose order for pedagogical reasons or whatever you can punish somebody who's acting up in class and make him stop talking or something like that right yeah i mean you sort of have to you yeah. sort of have to right so there is, so that dimension of law is is not he's not wrong but there's also the tradition that we have of um, of natural law, that law, there's a law that is already baked into the cake, that that the world isn't, when it's formed originally, isn't just simply like uh, a chaos that God comes in and imposes order on, but sort of from the inside out, mm. God gives natures to things so that so that a tree by its nature, by it, the interior principle of its own movement, seeks the light. It moves, it grows upwards, and it pushes its roots into the ground. And it's not obeying an extrinsic command. It's not like God is saying, grow roots, and it's, and it's like, yes, sir, and it's doing yeah, what it's so told, the, right? Mm-hmm. It, the way it, it was designed. It has within it a principle, a co- that, that's a principle, a cohesive principle that <clears throat> govern its own development within itself. And so a tree left to its own devices in a healthy environment will, will on its own grow in a healthy way, right? I, I don't think that's not Lutheran. Yeah, I think I would even be able to say, I don't know if all Lutherans would say this, but you know, the law is an expression of the way it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, well, there's also, but see, there's God also, there's also what a Catholic would say is that the there's a there's a there's an element of the law which is an expression of how things are, 
Like that that's part of reality. It's not something that it's not simply an ideal for which the world has to achieve or live up to or or and kind of approach but not get there. So but sort of like it's if you violate it, there are just natural consequences. Yeah, it's like and so and the human being, the human. And so for things like trees and, um, you know, rocks and planets going around, you know. Orbiting, and all you that know, stuff. all of those kinds of things, th- those things. Um, but some, one of the things that we talked about a lot in the whole theology of the body dis- discussion is that one of the paradoxes of man is the historical man and that we have this capacity, capacity to act contrary to our own natures. Mm. Like we can be inhuman, right, which, which a tree can't do. And a dog can't do. Free will. Yeah. Right? Like none of the other creatures in the world have this capacity to act in a way that's contrary, mm-hmm. a self-destructive, self-broken way. Right? So if, you know, so if I, you know, commit adultery, I'm not only offending God and, and, and offending my wife and offending the person that I'm committing adultery with, but even myself, I'm not. I'm not – it's an inhuman thing to do. Killing somebody isn't – the problem with killing someone isn't just that somebody, that other person gets hurt. But it's bad for you. It's bad for me. It makes me um, inhuman. I think anybody that's ever served on the battlefield yeah, you know, they knows that. Like it's hard, right? And, and so that, mm-hmm. that question of the historical man and our capacity for sin – and part of that – and, and I think this is – I mean this is how I understand Christianity or, or Catholicism and it's a difficult thing to articulate. But I think part of the reason why God allows that, like God permits sin to happen, like that – like he doesn't like wipe the world out and start over, you know, the rainbow of, of God's mm-hmm. faithfulness, right, um, is that because we also have this capacity to, to, to be God-like – Jesus reveals that because he mm-hmm. is God, 100% God, 100% human God, and he lives as God in and through the human nature. And so he reveals what human what human capacities, what a human heart, what a human mind, what a human body is 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 called to and capable of and uh, the he he reveals what the law of the human heart is, like what the human heart was created to do, like what the tree was created to do when it grows towards the light. The human heart is created to love with God's own love. And that's the that's part of what Jesus reveals to us is he reveals us mm-hmm. to ourselves. And so he reveals mm-hmm. to us the law that governs our not the law that's imposed on us from – not only a law that's imposed on us from outside, but the law that, that moves us from the inside. And, um, and so, you know, yeah. it's a law mm-hmm. that you should love your neighbor, not because you will be punished if you won't, although it is true you will be punished if you don't, <laughs> right? But, right. But that's not – that's that does that misunderstands why that's the law, but the law is the law because that's who you are. You know, that's that's that has deep roots in what it means for God to have created the world and for the world to be the place of God's grace and the world and the human heart to be the place where God's grace and human love or human capacity cooperate in this intimate 
loving relationship, which is much, much harder. I think it's easier to us to understand in terms of love. That's why family and the body and these different things are so important for from a Catholic or sacraments are important from a Catholic point of view. Um, but it's a lot harder to art, like write a treatise that explains that. It's a whole lot easier when you're like teaching kids, you know, mm-hmm. how they should be. It's like, well, don't have sex before you have mar- get married and don't steal candy bars from the store and, you know, keep your hand out of the cookie jar and be a good Catholic boy and mm-hmm. don't get out of line. Like that's a lot easier way to teach someone yeah. what the yeah. law is. And I think all mm-hmm. of us are guilty of failing to offer people uh, an authentic human formation about what it means to, you know, what is our dignity? What did God create us to be? And what, you know, who are we capable of? And what does it really mean to be like God or be the image of God? And how it's, and be realistic about our capacity to violate that image and to, 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 exercise our power like uh, to go back another thing that came to mind i wanted to be sure and mention is you know yes absolutely i think all of us to some degree and some of us suffer it way worse than others this idea of scrupulosity i have to live up to the law or else i'm not going to make it that's a Mm -hmm. that's a serious error that a lot of people suffer with and Mm -hmm. and that's part that's a sign of sin in the world and then there's also an awful lot of sinful people who know that about other people, <laughs> right? And have no qualms about loading them up with, mm. with you know, burdens. Jesus mm-hmm. berates about, about right? The Pharisees, you're going to load them with bar- burdens, Make but you're not helping. Hell that, uh, you <laughs> yeah. are. <laughs> so it's like a whole lot easier. You know, boy, my life sure does get a lot easier when I can wield my authority in such a way that, you know, I get mm-hmm. other people to serve me. And so – you know, yeah. I can shepherd myself on the sheep. That's like a real possibility. And that absolutely happens. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we're like you about a, a, over an hour in now, and I don't think we've come with one quote of Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> so can I just... But, but you see you see what I'm saying? What I, the, I'll draw... I'll let me finish just to put a button on it. What we're, what we're dealing with is a, it, is, is a complex, rich question. And... Um, and it's not so easy, you know. I think Luther may have not seen very clearly what a, a, a richer Catholic view of what you know what law really means. And I think that the people in Luther's time probably didn't either. And so they, there was a lot of kind of talking past and 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 kind of uh, leveraging each other. Yeah. And um, you know, not everyone in the church is a saint. You know, <laughs> that, that's certainly true of, of everyone in, involved. And so. Um, and so, you know, and that's our task today too: is is wrestling with kind of the depths, and and I think that we often have fear to even go there. But um, anyway, that's that, anyway. I would that's like my to, point on to that. share my quote that I that yeah. I have from Martin Luther. Um, but um, on that note, um, you're talking. You know, I think that's really significant what you said about the West in general at that time period having such a it's it would be hard for them to really get those points across because they didn't have at least maybe Martin Luther and, and his in Germany in that time period whatever maybe didn't have that much um, complete of an understanding of things we're talking about now so so a lot of talking past each other and misunderstanding and stuff but which, which is one 
back to the Eastern position, uh, I do appreciate the way the Eastern fathers and theologians and saints approach things more with the mystery because it kind of avoids a lot of this stuff. And one of the ways that they say it's just be more simple because, you know, in the West you have, okay, is it faith or is it works or is it faith and works and all these things and, and what kind of works and what kind of faith, what kind of grace. But in the East, it was just really simple to them. And they just, they, the way they approach this whole issue is it's a synergy, you know, it's the two energies, okay? It's the energy of God which is his power, his grace, his spirit, his life, and our energy, our will, and our effort. So we put our will and our efforts together with the help and assistance of God's power and his spirit, his grace, and his strength, and we together, synergy, we both accomplish these these good works and the salvation of ours that we walk out, you know, and and it's very simple to them, and it's not as complex of an issue. So, what's to your them. Luther quote? So, <laughs> so but, yeah, before, before we go after it that, ties into the that, Lutheran quote because yeah. this, to me, I think the Eastern Church has a, an answer to that. <laughs> so it's like we don't have to necessarily, and that's already opened up, and that Pandora's box is already open, but it, it, it's much more uh, easy for us simple-minded people to see that. Like, man, it's. It is a work of God. It is a work of God's grace and his assistance and help. And we are totally helpless on our own by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We cannot do this. We cannot save ourselves. We can't even live up to the law without the assistance, to God's law, to the law of love, you know, without the assistance of the grace of God. But on the other hand, we have a part to play. And if we don't use our free will and our efforts to cooperate with that grace, we won't be able to accomplish these things. And one of those things that we learn in recovery, and this is my quote, is about lusting with the eyes, you know, and, 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 um, with, with sexual addiction recovery, you know, one of the things that a lot of guys struggle with, obviously, even regular guys who are not sex addicts, this is a kind of a every man's battle type of thing is, is, you know, having custody of our eyes. And when we see a beautiful person, not objectifying that person, but treating them with dignity and respect, but we can't do that apart from, our higher power, apart from God's power descending upon us and giving us that grace, that assistance, that power that we need to be chased and to not abuse that person or use that person with our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. To objectify that person. Mm-hmm. So to live a chaste life and recovery requires the assistance of God's grace, his power. Yeah. And and it's very well stated in the 12 steps. And that's my quote from Martin Luther is this whole idea of seeing others, you know, in that, um, seeing the other people's body with respect and dignity and that's impossible without the grace of God. So it's that synergy. But um this is from Martin Luther's work on marriage. I believe it is um I'm trying to remember how it was worded. It wasn't on marriage, but it was uh his famous um writing on marriage and um it's in three parts. The first part is the um is the part that I wanted to quote from real quick. So this is directly from Martin Luther's uh, work on marriage and family. Part one. In the first part, we shall consider which persons may enter into marriage with one another. In order to proceed aright, let us direct our attention to Genesis 1. Notice how he takes it back <laughs> to Genesis, just like John Paul in Christ. So God created man. So he studied Luther, huh? There you go. <laughs> so, God, <laughs> so God created man, male and female, he created them. And from this passage, we may be assured that God divided mankind into two classes, namely male and female, or he and she. This was so pleasing to him that he himself called it a good creation. Genesis 1, 81. 
you would think this is directly out of theology of the body here. <laughs> Therefore, each one of us must have the kind of body God has created for us. I cannot make myself a woman, nor can you make yourself a man. We do not have that power, but we are exactly mm-hmm. as he created us. I am a man and you a woman. Moreover, he wills to have his excellent handiwork honored as his divine creation and not despised. The man is not to despise or scoff at the woman or her body, nor the woman the man. And this is the part of it that I like to highlight right here. But each should honor the other's image and body as a divine and good creation that is well-pleasing unto God himself. Mm. So, I mean, to me, this when I was looking at different Martin Luther quotes, I mean, that one could have been in, like, you know, some wow. Theology of the Body book. I mean, it's directly. Mm-hmm. So I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther had a really good understanding of the theology of the body because he, again, like John Paul II and like Christ himself, takes it back to Genesis, takes it back to the beginning and to look at mm-hmm. what is our origins, where do we come from, using the scripture for that yeah. and imitation of Christ. And he comes to those conclusions that we you know, are, have been talking about over the past few months. And um, You really it, did some digging for that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That that was not on your list. No, no. no. But I, it's not surprising. I mean, I yeah. But the important thing about that last part is, you know, seeing people's body and image. You know, a male looking at a female body and image, and seeing that with dignity, sacred. respect, sacred, yeah. and to respect that. But yeah. again, Martin Luther would agree with me that you could only do that by the grace of God. And in, in a twelve-step, mm-hmm. people yeah. would say the same thing. It's so, that higher power giving us the strength to do that. Yeah. Another song. 10th Avenue North, it's called The Struggle. And I think they're mm-hmm. trying to get at this idea that we've been kicking around. It's a, it's the chorus to the song goes, Hallelujah, we are free to struggle. We're not struggling to be free. And so it's this idea that mm-hmm. because we are free, now we have the struggle, like Paul in Romans 7, wrestling with the things I want to do, I don't do, the things I don't want to do, those are the things that I keep on doing. Mm -hmm. And then just as soon as you started talking, like, as a recovery person, right, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is that element, too. (laughs) How do do we get people out of their stuff? And I will say that that is a Lutheran weakness. How do we... We, Because we kind of leave people there, and and actually, I'm, I'm... part of a zoom conference i left a little early today to come here for yeah. this but in that conference they were actually it's mostly lutherans there they're wrestling with that idea that you know we can't just talk about this substitutionary idea this uh yeah. you know it's not just forgiveness the gospel is more than just forgiveness there's also this victory idea yeah. that jesus didn't just die in our place on the cross, although that's true. He also was victorious over our sin. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the resurrection. Yeah. And then and how do so, we, you know, what, what you know, the Pope Francis talks about all the time currently is, you know, and constantly beating this drum for the rest of the church of how do we accompany people in their struggle? How do we walk with them? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we get close to mm-hmm. them? Like stay close to them, the people who are on the periphery, the people who are not like in the church every time, but you know, the people who are in recovery or people who are, who are just, you know, slaves in their sin, right? And, and 
and accompanying them and entering into relationship with them and and helping you know not being like the pharisee that imposes a rule and doesn't do anything to help right but i, I think we do know, that more often we than do we that think. so yeah. often even know? when we're not th- that's kind of what i was getting at before yeah. is that people hear law yeah that's even right. when you're not trying to communicate that's law that's right and that's the you know if that's something that as a catholic you would take from this yeah. that's probably like the biggest oh, yeah. nugget of gold Right, just to Absolutely. recognize, and you, I mean, in recovery stuff, you gotta have people that—that's what they're wrestling oh, yeah. with. They—they they feel judged, even if you're not trying to judge them, because we all sort of have a guilty conscience. We all sort of know we don't measure up, even if we're not conscious of oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, we are all trying to measure up. Well, in someone's I think eyes, you know all, when I, um, I mean, I have so many examples, but I don't know if I want to share share them but um <laughs> oh, that, thank come you. On. well of, of people who were you know but there's a there's a thing about and I, I know it in my own self you know in um my my own you know i mean i don't think you can be an american man and not have to struggle with sexual integrity you know pornography all that kind of stuff i mean it's just so much it's screaming at you all the time Pandemic. you know in um the top every time i open facebook and I don't, I don't think this is because I'm looking at anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just yeah, there's an opportunity. I, for I'm you, not right? trying to. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe I looked up something once, and Facebook no. has got it for. I don't think I did. Anyway, every time I go into Facebook, well, the, if I if I go, what is it? The the search button. Yeah. So if you hit search at the top, of course, now it's going to change it. They're listening to. They are listening. They are. <laughs> they always are. Okay, so at the top all day today was this Ariana Grande. Uh, am I saying Grande? Grande, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arianators, and it's got her, you know, scantily clad yeah. and like just okay. If it's not her tomorrow, it'll be somebody else. That's right. And it's mm-hmm. right at the top, always on you, big, always, forever. It's and you know it's because they know that you know you're wired to be att- yeah. to t- pay attention to that. It doesn't sex, matter sex that you're <laughs> sex sells. That's, That's right. why they do it. And yeah. So you know, but there's a problem. You know, the problem. Com- there's a serious problem that says you know. Oh, I mean, I was talking. I was talking. I was at that retreat. I was talking to a guy, and you know, that was struggling, and you know, having serious struggles. You know, serious struggles, and he would have these these moments where he's trying to remain chaste and he's trying not to, you know, lose his, his sobriety. Um, but then he fails. And then as, as soon as he fails, he says, well, you know, I make one little mistake and I've, I've failed. And so I might as well make it worthwhile because now yeah. I have to, because now I have to go to confession. And so <laughs> it, then that, so I might as well just, you know, because now I've already, and, and, you know, and just that constant struggle of all or nothing. And that's exactly what I told <laughs> yeah. him is that we we want to make ourselves our own judges. We want to judge ourselves whether we're good or bad, right or wrong, in the right class or not. And and we want to reassure ourselves that we're good. But also when we make ourselves our own judge, then we make up these rules that we have to live up to. And then if we fail, then, oh, then I'm no longer I'm, – I'm, I'm a baddie now and so I might as well just be a baddie, you know. And, uh, you know, how do you accompany someone who's in that situation that they're thinking that and to say, you know, 
th- that says like what Jesus says to the woman caught in adultery, you know, your sins are forgiven and sin no more. Mm. You know, to say both of those things simultaneously is just and, – and even if you say it, what's heard isn't always both yeah. of those things. Yeah. And that's always the struggle of, tri- of any kind of authentic Christian ministry is to be able to speak view. the whole truth of Christ – but the whole truth of Christ is like more than we can bear. Like that that trouble. Like Paul struggles with that. You know, like well, you know, I I I've just fed you the milk. <laughs> you know, you're not really ready for the meat yet. You know, um, and that discernment of being able to, you know, say what's needed at that right time. And you can't put the whole story in one place because the whole story of Christian, the whole Christian message is this rich and beautiful and too much to comprehend thing. And and I think many, many people and many, many pastors and probably more often than not get that discernment wrong. They end up saying, you know, one you know, they end up either error on being, you know, either too lax or too strict or, you know, or one way or the another and and aren't be aren't skilled at saying the whole story. And I think to mm-hmm. go back to what you said, the only thing that makes you skilled if you want to use that word at proclaiming the the whole message of Christ is your own personal holiness your own bearing within yourself Christ and your own like wrestling with him working out your w- salvation working right and so yeah. like you know Jesus and you are in a wrestling match with Jesus sometimes and you're cooperating with him and you're you're sometimes struggling you're some, you know he's your friend who's also demanding of you and he's and and this is what's happening in your heart all the time and then you turn your eyes on someone else and they what they're going to see is Christ in you mm-hmm. if that's what's happening in you and too often and that's just hard to do it's so much easier to like be registered oh i'm so and so minister i'm the pastor you know, I'm wearing the clerical garb or whatever. I'm I've been to seminary or I've got such and so education or I read my I read my Bible. Or I pray my rosary. I went to confession last week. I'm saved. I'm good. You know, and I'm going to go around and admit and distribute all the good to all <laughs> of those other you know losers out there. Like that's that, that always fails, and that was failing in Luther's time. It's failing in our time. I mean, that's um, that's the you know, the kind of false Christianity that like pervades our, our experience. It makes it hard for us to hold together these, this, this yeah. beautiful mystery. We, I don't think we can hold, we've, we've talked about that a bunch. Uh, proper distinction of law and gospel. Yeah. That is at the heart of, I think, Luther's. Yeah, I think so you know, too. He's, he's trying to do what you're, you know, how do you equip people to, to understand they're in and then also and there's there's so much more we could talk about but yeah. I, I don't know how long you guys want to go uh, it, my seminary mm-hmm. makes you read a book by a guy CFW Walther who started who, who's really one of the founders of our denomination in mm-hmm. America and uh, in that he basically says you have to give the law and you have to give it everything. Like you got a full bore law. Because if you don't, they're gonna be people that think they did it. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah. Uh-huh. and then they're not gonna care about the gospel. 
Yeah. Because right? they can achieve it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I just have to. And I think that mixing is destroying evangelicalism oh, for yeah. sure. Uh, there, there's a guy, Tully and Chavidian. You should look him up if you haven't already. He actually sounds very mm-hmm. Lutheran. Uh, mm-hmm. he is, How do you spell that? Do you know? Uh, Tullian, mm-hmm. like Tertullian. Yeah. He's actually named after mm, Tertullian, him. yeah. His full, oh. name, his full name is William Graham Tullian Chavidian. But the Chavidian part is the part I can't spell. So it's <laughs> T-C-H-I-V-I-D-J-I-A-N, I believe. Wow. Did I get it right? I don't know. you'll find him pretty easily yeah but he's a guy who um he actually spoke at my seminary i was listening to the lecture earlier Mm -hmm. this week yeah you got it right he uh hallelujah (laughs) all right shout out to tellian chavidian if i can spell your name right (laughs) you should come on the show man <laughs> anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. He's a way Hashtag bigger deal Trevill than I am. Shavizzi. He's the grandson of Billy Graham, William Graham, oh, okay. Tully, and Chavez. Okay, that's fine. Oh, wonderful. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so he he um he he was kind of a bad kid at one point. You know, like he grew up in the church. Obviously, a lot of you know Christian home, and just rebelled. And at, I think it was like 16, he says his parents told him he had to leave if he was going to keep living the way he was living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then at 21, he comes to Christ, and he eventually goes to seminary. He becomes a pastor, you know, and he's he's preaching for like four or five years before he gets this. And when he gets it, it like just blows up his brain. Mind like blow. he mm-hmm. just like totally and, – mm-hmm. and he dives in, right? And – I'm listening to this lecture, which happens in 2015, and one of the things he said was the reason why you have to be so careful about this is because your greatest failure may be in front of you. Mm -hmm. Well, just a couple of years after this, Tully and Chavidian, his wife cheats on him, then he cheats on his wife, Mm-hmm. They get divorced. It's a colossal disaster. He's re- required mm-hmm. to leave. He's thrown out of his church, Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. I think it was a big church, Presbyterian Church in Florida. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a total train wreck. And I'm listening to this lecture and knowing the present mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. the rest of the story, and going, he's so right. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that he was thinking that when mm-hmm. he did it. You know, maybe he was, but the fact is, is that's who mm-hmm. historical man is. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. we rebel. Yeah, we we hear the law, and even when God says it's good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like when, when He gives mm-hmm. the law, the Ten Commandments, He's giving it to people that have been in Egypt for four hundred years. What do they know about anything? They've been slaves. Mm-hmm. The, what were they seeing in Egypt? Was it child sacrifice? Was it, you know, all kinds of other mm-hmm. sexual stuff, idolatry of all kinds? And and so God mm-hmm. says, "I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. I'm your God. I'm the dude who just mm-hmm. saved you. You're my people. Yeah. You're in." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because you're my people, because I love you and I understand that humanity is wired a particular way, all the stuff you were talking mm-hmm. about, you shall mm-hmm. have no other gods, no graven image. That's right. 
although I think we actually number our commandments like you guys do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, Sabbath, uh, honor your father and mother, the, mm-hmm. you know, you shall not kill. Mm-hmm. All those things. Adultery. <laughs> adultery and stealing yeah, and witness, false witness and, and, and coveting. And coveting. And yeah, all, the whole all of those things, like this is what it looks like to be mm-hmm. human. To be human. And, and this yeah. is what will keep your life from going off that's the rails. The, that's the light to the Gentiles. Because, see, that's that's such an important thing. The thing I said before, the Ten Commandments are not uh, a commandment from God that impose, that's imposed on us from outside, but it's a revelation of who we are from the inside. And so when the Jewish – that's mm-hmm. what the Jewish people were called to be by following the law that's revealed only by God. But they couldn't. Do it. They couldn't do it. And that's so that's right. why, you know, Naomi, I'm not sure what you were that's right. getting at exactly. You said this a few times. You talked about how Jesus is, you know, he mentions Matthew 5 and maybe elsewhere, the fulfillment of the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In right? himself, yeah. But, well, see, and that's where yeah. I was like, there was a point where I was like, okay, Naomi, what exactly do you mean when you say Jesus fulfills the law or Jesus is the fulfillment of the law? Because... There was a, a sense that I got at one point where it was Jesus shows us the complete picture of the law, and that's how we—that's why we follow Jesus instead of Moses. Because he's an example Jesus of some kind. Gives yeah. us this better picture, and yeah. and I would agree that that's true. But both to, and <laughs> to quote a to quote another mm-hmm. need to breathe song, <laughs> divinely inspired need to breathe. Uh, <laughs> A song called Into the Mystery. I do believe they're divinely inspired. These guys are amazing. <laughs> I, I love them. Amazing. Uh, Into the Mystery is the name of the song. Interesting. We're talking about mystery. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why mm-hmm. I love it. The mysterious future. What is in store for denominations, for mm-hmm. the church, for all these things. Uh, but it, there's a, a line where he says, love is not a cage. So, like... I love mm-hmm. you, and I'm boxing you, and, and I'm not you. letting you yeah. do anything. So I, it's convicting for me as a father. Like, yep. am I doing that? Yep. Love has to be free. He says, yep. love is not a cage. Love is not a path. Mm-hmm. I love you. Just follow the yellow brick road, and, mm-hmm. and, and I love you. I'm showing you the right path. Now just follow it and do yeah, it. Yeah. Right? And then he says, love's a steady hand waiting for the storm to pass. So yeah. love is like the rock. Like, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. It's okay. It's going to suck. We're but together. I'm with you, you know, I'm, Ever present. It's yeah. not the Bible, right? But I think it illuminates yeah. what we believe well, what, the Bible you know, says. Probably the idea all of that, us really. Hey, so I will be with you. <laughs> I will be with you until the end of the ages, right? Yeah. I will be with you. Like, that's yeah. the last... You know, Jesus going up to heaven, I'm going to be right here with you. You know, some mysterious. And that's the, that's like the put. That's that's another puzzle. But but that that experience and that not and that 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 awareness and that that's a seeking and an openness to allow yourself to become aware that Jesus is like right there with you and he's he's with you and he's intimately involved and invested and yeah. and cares mm-hmm. and and is not just you know he's he's also in in enlivening you and innate and enabling you and strengthening you and cooperating with you it's all this this kind of what's lost when we try to 
um, formalize or articulate these things in treatises and stuff like that oftentimes, and I think this is part of the problem that happened in the Reformation, and it's just sort of the perennial problem, I think, in the church, is that it's always, it's so, it's easier to write books than it is to genuinely pray. You know, it's easier yeah. to write books than to to really deeply engage that intimate communion with Jesus that he's calling us to. And um, but but yeah, well, there was a song. I don't even know who it was from, but I heard it recently, you know, that he gives us furnaces to dance in and <laughs> and oceans to walk on, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know where that song came from. It's just something that little refrain mm-hmm. it's like that's what it's like it's you not, know? i don't know the song but now i want to know <laughs> but you know that's what Me the too. christian life is like it's not like oh i'm going to be with you and there's nothing to do or there's nothing to endure there aren't any crosses there aren't any whatever it's like no like he he you know you're in a furnace and you, god's asking you to dance in, in the furnace you know and uh and that's i think that's what mm-hmm. was at the heart of the of what what god was doing uh, in Israel when he gave them the law and it's also the rails that they fell off of you know by trying to 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 get their own hands around it and you know their their failures are the same as ours I mean they're just as human as as we are and um, so yeah that's that's the that's the puzzle yeah we're uh, we're not going to have it all figured out this side of eternity yeah and uh well, just, it's so good to talk about it. I mean, it's so good to yeah. be able to yes, just open this up. So I, yeah. I just want to voice yeah, again sure. all y'all out there in the internet world. Who are um, still with us. <laughs> that are still listening to this nonsense. <laughs> well, you know, they uh, may if not. If you're still with us. Just <laughs> wake up. They Thank may you. not still be with us, but hopefully they've come back. They may right? come that back. Uh, well, I just thank you for the for the space that you're making for yeah. this kind of conversation because it's it's uh, I'm good, like really good really grateful for it. And um, I think there's you know. a, a lot more we could talk about too. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm open to whatever you guys want to talk about going forward. But uh, you know, this is sort of I think a big revelation for sure for lots of yeah. Lutherans and Protestants to see, see. And Catholics too. Catholics, yeah. Catholics too, for sure, um, for sure. You know, but Catholic, I don't know, like, it feels like a bigger deal because I think Luther is still excommunicated, right? Uh, I think so. So, Maybe. you know, that's that's yeah, a bigger deal, Yeah, I would say, Yeah, that uh, you would give someone like me the time of day yeah. <laughs> to talk about this and say There are other like, taxpayers kind and of a nice prostitutes guy. that we shouldn't talk to. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Well no. played. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah. it's uh it is definitely a, an exciting thing and uh I do think that there's again more we could talk about more I want to say I don't know how much we need to say now so maybe we yeah. just leave it here and uh we'll continue either this conversation or another conversation yeah. you and I Chris or all of us yeah uh cuz I think these are good conversations good conversations to wrestle I, with. I think it's worth saying to those of you that may be listening, you know, get in touch with Pastor Emil and let us know, 
you know, is this a helpful conversation to you or what kind of questions there might be that have arised or things that mm-hmm. I did? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think engaging with the rest of the audience that's listening would be helpful because surely there's insights and things that are peop- popping off in people's minds and in oh, their yeah. hearts oh, yeah. that um, that they'd like to throw on the table. And I think that's worthwhile. So and I, I, so how, they, do they do, how do they do that? How do they reach out to you? So uh, I have an email for the podcast, Sweet Jesus it's uh, Jesus is sweeter at gmail.com. There you go. You can go there. Jesus is sweeter at gmail.com, all spelled out. Um, that's one way, at least. You can comment on Facebook and YouTube and, and all those things. Do that. Uh, certainly like and comment and share just for the heck of it, even if it's a thumbs up or a, or a, <laughs> or a heart or whatever, because that, that actually does stuff to help spread the word a little bit. Uh, I would say that it would be nice to talk Reformation a little more, mm-hmm. just the ins and outs of it specifically, because I don't think we really did that. No, we, just, we, we dove, the surface. We <laughs> dove right into the the theology, yeah, and we kind of mm-hmm. touched mm-hmm. on, you know, the questions part. Like, yeah, we could talk a whole lot about well, what happens when you don't allow people to ask questions? You actually yeah. create a bigger problem for yourself. Yeah. Uh, Luther right. wasn't looking for what happened. Yeah. Right. So so we as Christians, as yep. members of institutional churches, yep. have this tendency to create our own problems yeah. by by trying to squash dissent. We could talk uh, you know about the people involved, mm-hmm. Kayatin mm-hmm. or Kajitan. Kajitan. Yeah. He uh that guy. You know, why did he write that? <laughs> why did he write that though? Because yeah. Luther was smarter than him. Yeah. And he schooled him in their yeah. debate. I mean there's there's so many things pride you see in there and power and authority and uh you know man you talk about sin who are the people forgiving all these sins yeah right <laughs> like right. wait a second yeah here. yeah yeah who are you and <laughs> what were you involved you in here you yeah know? so yeah. um yeah and, and you know that might be interesting maybe it's not but the fact that a lutheran and catholics would talk about it that's interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> That well, is Jesus at work, my friend. <laughs> hope yeah. so. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah, I think so. We are we are definitely parts of the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, Luther may still be excommunicated, but I believe Pope Pope Francis, my buddy Frankie, is what I like to refer to him as. <laughs> that might be sacrilegious <laughs> or disrespectful, but I, I do that a lot. No. Sorry. Uh, I think he has a bust of Luther that he had moved into the papal residence. I don't know about that. Maybe. I think. Check it out. Find out if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. Um, But but that's kind of cool. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, just, right? Because we're not, we're not, we shouldn't be divided. I mean, we may differ on some things, but we're all human beings. We're all, we're all children of God. So. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I take away too from this conversation is in, in the end of the day, you know, the people during the time of Luther were fallen humans, full of sin, full of a lot of mess. And the church is always human, mm-hmm. so it's always full of a lot of mess. But on, the, you know, and it's two mm-hmm. sides to the story. And, and, and Luther himself was a fallen human mm-hmm. who had mess. Yeah, and yeah. we could pull up, you know, a lot of uh, issues about Martin Luther and his problems and all. But in the end, all, both sides had issues, and yeah. both sides have their weaknesses. But it's, um, mm-hmm. but we both trying to follow Jesus the best we can and. It's all you can do, right? <laughs> Here's a uh, another Tully and Chavidian quote. God uses broken, fallen people 
because broken and fallen people are the only people there are. <laughs> right. There you go. I love Something that. like that. It's, yeah. a, it's Good not one. maybe exactly the quote, but that's essentially yeah, the gist very, of it. It's so. true. Yeah. Well, I am glad yes. that God is using these fallen, broken people. Mm-hmm. Chris and Gary and Naomi, you know, fallen, broken people. Not me. Uh, well, <laughs> you're, well, you're a pastor, so, you know. <laughs> and maybe we need a new reformation. Infallible. Uh, the infallible Amel. No, I, obviously we're all uh, broken, fallen people. Yep. So uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it. That's part of God blessing us and let us be part of something, even if we're train wrecks. So. Yep. Because we all are train wrecks. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like, share, subscribe, comment. Jesus is sweeter at gmail.com. Jesus is sweeter at gmail.com. Don't forget, taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. Thank you, Martin Luther and my Catholic friends, for making that real today. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Oh, Thanks. Thank you. God bless you guys. Naomi, hang in there for a sec, okay? Okay.